Do you have a bully inside your head telling you that you're not good enough? Do you lean towards self-defeat? Do you have trouble believing in yourself? And are you dying to learn how to become the perfect version of you? A you that you dream about? If you answered yes, then you're like me, and this podcast is for you. Welcome to the Journey to Worthy podcast, where we discuss self-esteem, worthiness, and transformation through a gay lens. I'm your host, Jeremy Long, and I want to share my journey with you. Welcome to the Journey to Worthy. All right, welcome to another episode of Journey to Worthy podcast. I am sitting here with uh, Will Hubbard. Hello, Will. Or Bill. Bill, sorry. Let's use, let's use Bill for today. Bill for today, awesome. Sure. Uh, welcome to the show. So Bill has created this amazing play that's going to be hitting the stand soon. It is called I Am Not a Girl. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the girl? Or about the play, sorry. Yes, I'm delighted, uh, delighted to be here, Jeremy, and I'm delighted to talk about the play. I'm wondering if it might be interesting just to give some backdrop in terms of how I got to actually thinking about and uh, writing the play. I am an older guy and um, who, after sort of many years of uh, satisfying societal conventions of um, education, uh, marriage, children, career, got to a place, you know, sort of in retirement years and, and uh, to, to a place where I wanted to ask myself the big question, what am I doing to do now and for, you know, for the remainder of my life? In other mm-hmm. words, you know, sort of what's next and um, and I make a joke about this because a lot of people in my age group say well I'm going to go to the golf course don't mean to disparage golf mm-hmm. or you know I'm going to go lawn bowling or I'm going to you know sail around the world or do something finding really some kind of new purpose right? yes finding a new purpose so my pur- so I have always loved the theater and um, my mother introduced it to me when I was a young kid, and I, it's my opiate, it's my addiction. Mm. I can't get enough of it to give you an idea. I see around 50 shows a year, oh, wow. and um, not only here, but um, I make an annual pilgrimage to uh, New York City, okay. uh, you know, where, which is the sort of the uh, epicenter of, yeah. uh, of, of theater, and um, I can't get enough of it there as well. So I decided in my, in my moment, whilst sitting on a log at Thunder Rave right. Beach in West Vancouver, that maybe I need to be more focused on theater, and I wasn't quite clear exactly what that meant at the time. Mm. But I so but I thought you know I've always had this story I've known this person for a long time, and uh, this person who had uh, had actually transitioned from female to male, and I was <clears throat> witness to that transition. And of course, I I've thought a lot about that person and their story, and had mm-hmm. thought maybe I might like to write a story about it or chronicle it in some way. So I um, thought. Well, maybe that's not what I want to do. And, you know, as I was uh, pondering, uh, you know, pondering the uh, the notion of uh, perhaps chronicling the story, I thought maybe what I ought to do is uh, create a stage play. It sort mm. of just came to me in a moment. And I, I won't go on at great length about sort of the process of trying to go from an idea through, and, and that's, <laughs> unless I'm prompted to talk about right, it. Right. Um, but from that, from that point on, I um, I really got going and on um, 
on the writing process, which in and of itself is a story, mm-hmm. and then created a uh, not-for-profit you know uh, website, wrote a strategic plan in terms of where we, we want to take our society over the next several years, and um, and began <clears throat> began the journey with um, by actually conscripting. Um, talent or artists around Vancouver mm-hmm. who are currently helping me now put this put the show on which is uh, really on the horizon it, it will start on June 21st the preview and uh, then the opening night is June 22nd Great. runs through to the 26th and at some time maybe in this interview I can talk about a special event on the matinee of the 24th okay that's awesome and Curious, is the organization that you've created is that the Mother Hubbard's Cupboard? Yes, it's a it's a crazy name, I know, but I, I really did, like I, it. Yeah. I, just, I mean, clearly, it's a bit of a play on my own name. Yeah, but I decided to do that because there are lots of indie or independent theater companies yeah. that have names that are not really um, memorable, and so I thought, you know, why not make something that's not only uh, that's whimsical mm-hmm. and memorable. Right. So I decided to call it. It's a bit of a tongue twister, but notwithstanding, uh, I still think people will remember because I hear people say, "Oh, Mother Hubbard." They not may not say the whole term, but they remember it. Yeah. So, so that's that's the uh, reason I decided to uh, call it that. I feel like it's tied to theater too, Mother Hubbard. Like it's a you know it's a whimsical story tale. Yeah. 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 It is. It is catchy. That's for sure. So that's kind of I want it to be memorable and fun because we're we're dealing with serious topics. Mm-hmm. So if the name of the theater company, if there's sort of a fun fun name to right. it, then it kind of it gives some kind of I don't know emotional gives some reaction balance and this type of thing. Right. Gives a balance to it. And was the was the organization only created solely for? The, the, this play and then future plays in the same sort of area? So when you decide you're going to get into any kind of entertainment mm-hmm. of, um, entertainment in the sense of creating film and stage productions, you really need to have some kind of a platform, an organization that people can relate to. So it, there has to be really a, it's a not-for-profit organization mm-hmm. that actually has been, you know, endorsed by the not-for-profit society in Victoria. And you have to have a board of directors and you have to have, there are some small rules and regulations that go along with it. And uh, so then when you, and of course, along with that, you have to have a website. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So when people say, well, who are you with? You could say, you know, we have a society, a not-for-profit society. And one of the important things about starting a society, not only does it give a a platform and a reference point for people to try to determine who you are and where you, where where you come from and what, where you, where you intend to go Mm -hmm. is that if you're, if you're considering applying for grant money, yeah. say from some some of the arts councils, BC or Canadian arts councils, then you have to have a not-for-profit status. Right. Okay. So that's that was one of the primary reasons. So so in terms of going forward, we uh, in my in my sort of strategic or vision, um, uh, or long-term plan is that I'm really interested in sort of the disenfranchised and marginalized populations, for example. Right. I have, I'd like to spend some time exploring sort of the people on the sidewalks of Vancouver. And I'd also, I'm very interested in sort of the plight of the single mother, you know, the mother who's 35 or 40 and has an 8-year-old and a 5-year-old or a 10-year-old kid and is, you know, kind of like, you know, is marooned in mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to explore those through sort of film and stage. And just recently... I had a person who um, has shared that they are HIV positive and mm. uh, is interested, and in perhaps we're going to talk about it, exploring 
doing some investigation uh, and exploration, determining whether or not that story is uh, stageable. Right. Or it has to be written and then it has to be stageable. So, right. So I may go off on a little bit of a tangent if I'm interested in that story. Right. Yeah. That's great. I feel like that's great that you're just willing to kind of look at some of the hard experiences people have. And I was really drawn to that when I was reading the website because I did grow up, uh, you know, me and my sister with a single mom uh, in very low poverty. And then I explored drugs and I ended up pretty much homeless and on the street myself when I was a teenager. So basically being able to see that people are willing to put, you know, put a magnifying glass on that and see like what's going on here uh, to try to give a message of like hope, I guess. I was very drawn to that. So. Yeah, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it is that, that notion of exploring it, not only for oneself, but also if you could, as you say, put a magnifying glass on it. And somehow there's always an entertainment that's considered in this, but right. also there's, a, there's this educational factor. And, and sometimes if you're lucky, people say, would you mind bringing this to this school or mm-hmm, would you mind mm-hmm. bringing this community center? And would you mind bringing this? Because it then becomes the stimulant for, con- for conversation and discussion. Right. You know, that type of thing. So, Are you hoping that that's something that may happen with this You plan? know, I, I in my my greatest, you know, in my mo- moments of, of dreaming, right. uh, what I would absolutely love is if we could take uh, our show to some other cities, but we'd need some financial assistance. I mean, a right. show like this costs quite a bit of money, right. and so I can't keep bankrolling it myself. So, right. you know, <laughs> so if we got, I think, I, I was in Toronto recently mm-hmm. because I'm bringing in a, a dancer and a choreographer for the show, um, and uh, so he said that there would be a lot of interest in Toronto because of the nature of the size of the city and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think just the uh, LGBT community it's huge and, there you know, you yeah. know so they, 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 he feels as though let's get this show up let's get this let's do this show well and then talk about that afterwards right right yeah why don't you tell us a little bit more about the actual play, uh, the actual story itself I mean I have a little description here okay. but if you want to put it into your words sure thank you well the story really is a, it's the story, it's a life arc story really starting from sort of birth, not to death, but birth to a point of uh, middle age happiness. Oh, I like so, that. So, um, so uh, it, there's a, the, the story is really about the, the turmoil, uh, the, the child is in turmoil, the child is, uh, un, is uncertain as to who she is and what she wants, um, she is uh, like a you know is like a pre-adolescent um, rebellious person becomes a rebellious teenager gets into drugs you know and uh, and into uh, has some moments of crime stealing mm-hmm. for example and then really <clears throat> discovers that um, that she thinks she likes women and sort of declares herself as a lesbian okay and then as uh, as she grows as she gets older realizes that's insufficient that she doesn't she's not really a, a lesbian not a uh, total fit yeah, yeah so this is so then has these uh, begins to feel dislocated and, uh, and and starts to explore what are the possibilities and then comes to the conclusion that uh, wants to uh, transition to uh, become male right and so um, <laughs> and then and then in the story, and it's based, and this is based on truth, is that um, whereas in some of the current, uh, within the current trans community, mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of men, a lot of women are actually 
saying I'm satisfied with just having a hysterectomy and having my breast removed, mm-hmm. top surgery, which is the terminal, right? As opposed to double mastectomy, which it was at the time. Okay. Um, so um, they and so there the issue about bottom surgery. Uh, there's been a, a lot of women are unsure about that. You know that for a whole whole number of reasons, and I won't get into that because I'm not an expert in that area. Right. But. Um, but in this case, in the story's case, uh, this particular person wanted to go the distance for with both top and bottom surgery. So, which of course, the play I I'm going to likely be criticized to some degree about this because I I'm as an artist uh, here. I my belief is is that a lot of people just want to shirt, have it shirted coated. Mm-hmm. They don't understand. They don't understand just how torturous and how just um, how, how brutal uh, the decisions are and the actual actions of having uh, of having to say you know I want my body changed yeah. you know I would say to people that make this uncomfortable I said can you imagine I mean if you uh, say well now I have breasts now I'm gonna I'm gonna be crude in saying this just to make my point you know I'm just gonna chop them off oh sh- you know sure that you know that sounds like great right. and you know and by the way I'm going to have my genitalia. <laughs> Altered, so and then I'm going to have skin harvested from my arms so that I can make a penis. I mean, this is all this is all really, you know, very hard edge stuff. And I think it's easy to just, you know, sugarcoat it and not really say it. or but brush it off. Yeah. And my play, I guess <clears throat> I'm saying, we're going to show it um, uh, graphically on mm-hmm. screen. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow. You know, I'll get I'll get some reaction. I, I know that, but I think what I want is that I want those who attend, particularly if they're they they're not sort of they don't have an understanding or they're not sympathetic or whatever the case to say this is what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I got I'm getting off on a tangent, but <laughs> I feel strongly about it right. because I I'm trying to I'm trying to promote understanding, abs- absolute unequivocal understanding, and sometimes you just have to show pictures. Well, and that's the education piece, yeah. right? Like you want to. <clears throat> yeah. It's not just about telling a story. It's not about putting right. on a show. Only, it's about educating people yeah. on the realities of what certain people are facing. So transition after transition, then there's issues in the workplace, and um, right. you know that type of thing. All and, kind of minority stress. You yeah, know, for sure. So yeah. then, and then as we get further along, maybe I won't tell the the end of the play. Okay. <laughs> uh, because, but it, it, but the play is it, it ends on a very positive note. That's nice. Good. Um, I'm just curious, um, maybe if you could, your description states that the story was sort of gifted to you based yeah. on, you know, you're, you're witnessing some of these trials and tribulations and experience. How, how has the play or the idea of the play been uh, taken in by the person that really experienced all of these? Oh, I saw, so I think what you're getting at is that... Um, How's uh, it been received by the, the so person? First, first of all, I think what I, what I will tell you is that I've always been sensitive to ensuring that I get permission or that I right. or I have full understanding of what I'm about to embark on. So I went and this person lives in the States, in the United States, and mm-hmm. I went and um, interviewed this person for three days mm-hmm. in, a, in a suite and, um, and got permission got permission to pursue the story. Mm-hmm. So um, that was, the, was first and foremost. Right. I also went, because there's a, there's a very highly represented population of transgender people in uh, Nelson, B.C. Okay. I also was uh, I, I, a friend, um, 
hope, or rather her friend uh, alerted me to a, uh, a person in Nelson. And um, I subsequently went out there in 2016 and interviewed three transgender males and one gender fluid person. Okay. Um, so, uh, and what was so wonderful about that experience for me, not, not, not only did it give me an infinite amount of information and insight, mm-hmm. but um, I, was, I was given really a window into, you know, into every part of their being. Wow. So there wasn't, there wasn't, there wasn't anything that they, all these people weren't willing to share with me. Anything you can imagine, they shared with me. Wow. So that was a, that was like a, that was a wonderful, wonderful um, experience. And it really set me up for the, uh, for the continuation of, of writing. Because mm-hmm. I felt I felt as though I had permission, implicit and explicit. I felt as though I had additional understanding of the trials and tribulations of realizing that, mm. you know, you're, you're not in the right body, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, you know, we use the word, the correct term is gender dysphoria. Right. So, um, you know, we, I think I, I just, I felt as though I was sort of, ready now and I was given permission to repeat myself right to pursue right. it because you've, yeah you've done the research you've, yeah. you know you've got into the brain of the people that are right. experiencing this so that so that was that was a great experience um, with respect to the play if I mm-hmm. can carry on just for, for a minute mm-hmm. where I've run into some difficulties okay. and, um, and um, some pushback and I and I will talk about this briefly has to do with the casting of the key character the play has has a uh there's the, the characters of the play are Erica, Eric, played by one character. Mm-hmm. Right. And Jean, who's the mother. Okay. And we have another, we have a, we have a kind of a non-speaking person coming in to give texture to the, mm-hmm. the whole account. And that is this choreographer dancers coming in from Toronto who I've hired and, and who's coming in here in a week's time. Okay. And it's going to be in, in the piece itself. It's going to be very experimental theater. Okay. With that, with that, with that choreographer. Fantastic. So, um, so with the, the casting of trying to get a person to play like both parts was, has been a fascinating experience. Oh, wow. And there, and I, and I have, um, had, yeah, I've been criticized a fair amount, but I've been able to uh, really, um, articulate it as well. My defense the first, the first question that a lot of people would ask is, I hope you're going to get a trans actor. Right. So, okay. So that, yeah, that makes sense. Makes sense. It seems to make sense until you actually get into the, get into the, uh, the, the, um, the process of, of trying to identify mm-hmm. a, a trans actor simply because we advertised, uh, in, we advertised, advertised across Canada. We used, you know, a very familiar network called Extra. Yeah. You know, for example, and, um, and we, you know, there were queer publications in Toronto as well. So we were quite diligent in trying to find a, a trans, you know, trans actor. But the stipulation was that it wasn't two actors. It was one. Right. So, so I had, I had five or six people who uh, invited, who called me at home and mm-hmm. said, you know, I'm a trans actor, I'm a trans male actor, for example, and I want to, uh, I'm interested, but I'm interested in playing myself. Hmm. So I said, you know, that problem is that's not the that's not the play. That's not the story. No, and the story is, and, and I people we want to see the same person on stage move through transition right. on stage. So um, I said, so I, so the question was, uh, and um, would you be willing to go back and play your former self as a female? Right. Would you be willing to take your facial hair off? 
Right. For example, you know, would you be willing to wear clothes that are much more feminine in nature to begin with? So you can actually illustrate that at one time this person was a girl. Right. Well, what do you, what do you think the answer is? I mean, you know, five for five, they said, no, no, that doesn't appeal to me. It's a personal challenge. Yeah. uh, Because it is going back. And there are two, I won't mention their names, a couple of quite high profile transgender people in, in Vancouver here who I went and had this discussion with. And when I explained all this, I, and I said to them, would you do that? Right. And they said, we, we get it. We get it. We said, right. you know, and then I was criticized for saying, okay, you could have been, you could have, you could have done a better search for maybe having a, you know, a, a queer actor play Gene, for example. Well, that right. was a legitimate criticism. But in terms of the primary actor, it really pushed the, pushed the envelope in terms of not only the transgender folks, but myself and thinking about what do you do with that kind of character? Yeah. So in the end, what we have is we have a, uh, we have a, a woman actually who is, she calls herself uh, a member of the queer community. Okay. So that's, that's as good as we could get. As well, a, that's you know, still pretty good you know, because still, yeah. I think the backlash in a lot of film, for example, yeah. is that there's a lot of gay characters being played right. by straight. Yes. So I feel like it's, if you do have someone that's from a queer community, yeah. at least that's one step forward towards, you know. And half of our, not half, but just I think a third of our team are from the career community. That's well. great. See, so, that's, that's great. So that's, and, and, and I think they, everybody's pretty pleased with that because it, it legitimizes us too. I mean, and uh, I should tell you that um, on the, on the mat, mat, the day, 24th, the 24th, I'll say this for your, you know, your listeners. Yes, June 24th. Yep. There's a, we were purposely holding a matinee at one o'clock in the afternoon, a little earlier than the typical two o'clock. So the play is around two hours with a 15-minute intermission. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the two hours, at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, we're holding a, a special panel discussion on transgender. Awesome. That's and not only fantastic. that, but we just, I've just got... I'm going to take, take, them all, take the four people out for dinner um, this next Saturday, week from... Yeah, next Saturday. <laughs> so I have four trans folks who have confirmed that they're going to be on the panel and um, we're going to be talking about what that looks like, what mm-hmm. the focus is and how we want to shape the discussion and the, the presentation and discussion. I mean, transgender is a huge topic, but, Obviously. you know, so we, you know, whether it's trans and youth, whether it's trans and bathrooms, whether it's trans, you know, it goes on and on, right? But at the same time, we are going to have, we are going to have those four people who, again, I mean, they're not somebody talking about transgender, they are. Right. So I, I wanted to have them there. So if the audience is there, uh, can you know, to make it inclusive for everyone to yeah. be able to contribute to the conversation, right? Yeah. So that's great. so that's, that's so fantastic. that's happening on that, and that just I've just gotten that that deal sealed. And who are the four? Well, I guess I, I guess I, I haven't been able to. I shouldn't really give their names yet. Yeah, that's fine. But uh, or how did you find them? Or what, why did they? How come I out? find them is uh, I will say there's a quite a <clears throat> high profile uh, trans person called Lisa Salazar. And um, she is a an author and has written a book on her journey. So she's um, um, she's an articulate, educated person. Anyway, you might look up Lisa Salazar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, in any event, I spent an hour and a half talking with Lisa on, on the phone, and right. I got some. Uh, Lisa was able to kind of reference several people that I followed up. Right, fantastic. Yeah, that's great. So what do you think makes theater the, a great way to um, promote a representation in the trans community and, and education? 
what makes theater really critical in use in use for that? The answer is I don't know. You know, I don't I don't know to what degree this will be will serve as maybe um, a stepping stone for other theatrical presentations of, mm-hmm. of transgender. Right. I don't know that yet. Right. I think we're actually, I know that there are movies and there are television programs, um, probably some stage activity where transgender is a feature of it. Mm-hmm. But I think what we're doing is quite unique. Right. Where we're actually showcasing the transition Right. So uh, we like to think that anyway, that this is that we are sort of pioneering that. Right. In particular, we definitely are in Vancouver, and but we think we are in Canada as well. That's good. Because we couldn't hear, we didn't, we checked it out in Toronto, and uh, uh, nobody had done that yet. Yeah, I think the only thing I've seen really in, I guess, film, not so yeah. much as theater, but the process of you know there's some lead up to the transition and then and then it's a cut to like the last scene where the person has transitioned but it, the there's a missing huge piece yeah. a huge gap of the actual process so that's the piece that i i feel strongly about that's the piece i wrote about initially mm. i wrote and by the way just to be really uh, fair and correct here mm-hmm. i wrote what they call um, the the initial narrative or the story yeah and then but that wasn't a script uh, that wasn't a stage script, so I had to get another person. Her name was Ren Kennedy. Okay. And Ren and I teased out a, a script, uh, a stage-worthy script, and she is also the director of the show. Right, well. right. Okay. So, um, so there were two, two, two features of trying to write it, but, um, but I, 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 we feel as though it has the potential of maybe, you know, triggering sort of interest in, in staging stories related to, you know, some of the, the harder parts of, uh, of transgender and transitioning. What do you think are the harder parts? What is the biggest challenge right now? Well, I mean, I think I, I, I think I'm almost uh, hesitant to say, speak on behalf of those who are transgender. Fair. Uh, so I appreciate uh, that. I, uh, for, for example, but I, I think when I talk to, I think Lisa would be okay with this. When I talk to Lisa, about this, uh, she said, you know, just feeling comfortable with this, with this new persona or this new body, you know, my new gender, mm. for example, and, fe- and hoping that there, that, that I'm going to be, I can be accepted, not really as a transgender person, but just as Lisa. Right. For example. So I can be, I want to be completely integrated. So I'm not sort of, like, uh, I, I don't have this label on my head, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but rather, I just want to fit in. I want to be integrated. I mean, that's what I've been told by several other people as well, that that's one of the biggest the biggest fears, the biggest wishes, the biggest challenges, mm-hmm. and that type of thing. I mean, the transition itself is just, it, it's a it's a brutal medical um, experience. Right. That's one, that's, you know, and, and I want people to be empathic and understand that. But in the long haul, the person is purposely moving from one gender to another and of course they want to be accepted like anybody else Mm -hmm. that's interesting actually it makes me remember what it was like coming out as a gay gay man and thinking about you know I wasn't at that time I was oh that's Jeremy who came out as gay and then obviously now it's been 20 years or something and now everyone just he's just Jeremy right I'm not that guy who's gay and so for I can imagine what it's like because our brains are wired to just you know make sense of something so if we encounter someone that 
oh, this is, you know, this girl who has now transitioned. Yeah. And that's just who she is identified or he is identified as now. But to have just, this is just a person. I can imagine that would be such an emotional strain. Because you're, you're waiting for it. You're, you know, and you're nervous about it. You're afraid yeah. of it. I mean, all the, some of the people who would be listening um, likely are trans. Yes. And um, hopefully I'm uh, capturing it, you know, somewhat closely. Right. Um, but I, but it, but it has to, it has to do with absolute acceptance, I think, and respect in the end. And maybe I suppose time, yeah. because it takes people a while to get okay and comfortable with things. To catch up with you. Yeah. Yeah, this kind of stuff. Well, and we're seeing that with society now. It's yeah. only just, be- I think it's only just beginning to start becoming accepted publicly and, and you know, in, in media. Yeah. And we're seeing, you know, trans and queer members, you know, in, in your average TV show now, which is fantastic, yeah. but it's, it's still angled. There's an angle on it. So it is shifting, but it's just time is taking a while to catch up. I, I would say that it's, it's, I mean, this is all part of the evolution of our society. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think there are just, I think there's more and more sort of just, I don't know what the word is, but more and more just acknowledgement and acceptance. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. What was, is there any other sort of research or studying that you did in the process of making this come to fruition other than interviewing, uh, you know, trans members? Well, I guess I, you know, I've read, I've read a lot about because part of the play is, uh, speaks to lesbianism yeah. and speaks to, um, if you will, uh, I, I think this uh, business of having a lot of lovers at the same time, um, lesbian lovers. Uh, so I think I also looked into lesbian kink, you know, as well, and a number of other things. So mm-hmm. I, I read quite widely on that front. Right. I wanted to get a sense of it when I was actually making reference, small reference to it in the play. Okay. Um, so then, um, and of course, mm-hmm. then I read certainly medical journals and uh, as well in terms of looking at, uh, you know, what, understanding what I was actually thinking about, if not writing about. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't write extensively about it, but still we're talking about Things like well, medical uh, procedures, yeah, medical yeah. procedures, and then of course um, we have this. Some of it's not ab- absolutely accurately based on the person that's you know it's loosely based on. Yes, but you know, so in this case, um, and because it's, I want it to be entertaining, we write about the penis bump, right? <laughs> and and so you know, I had to sort of understand just the 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 engineering and the the accru- the medical accuracy of what that entailed okay. entails. Uh, and then I write about it humorously and, uh, where we use, we use, you know, sort of correct terminology, but now we have a, a German, you know, German accented doctor. Yeah, yeah, you know, this kind of about the penis bump, you know, and, oh, wow. and this kind of stuff. So we make, we make some, we make jokes about it, but at the same time, I had to understand before you make jokes about stuff, you have to understand, you know, what the hell you're talking about. Right. Well, and I think that's probably a common occurrence too, is when people are going through these, these, uh, experiences, yeah. they're, they're often encountering doctors with, you know, a limited experience right. and people that have, uh, interesting ways yeah. of, uh, spinning it verbally. <laughs> and, you know, I had to read, I read psychiatric reports because, uh, before you start doing, there's a term, you know, before some will call it like body mutilation. I don't mean to me disparage it, but, you know, when you start, making radical changes to your physical being. You're not allowed to do that really in British Columbia without having to be adjudicated by uh, at least one or two psychiatrists usually. Right. So of course I um, wanted to know about that so I got some 
transcripts and mm -hmm. uh, you know was reading tr read transcripts on what that looked like the kind of questions and sort of what led up to it I uh, mean obviously I had to learn more about sort of you know hysterectomies and learn more about tea as the term is now with, right. you know yes. so That's all true. those things I spent a lot of time actually uh, um, acquainting myself with That's great. I mean, of necessity and um, so while I, I don't profess <laughs> in any way shape or form to be an expert I'm mm -hmm. certainly better informed than the average person on the street Mm -hmm. That's good. You know, it's fantastic. So I think that uh, this makes uh, you know paving the way for more people to understand this experience. <clears throat> I'm curious a little bit. You mentioned in actually in one of the descriptions that I read, it said that Erica faces the gauntlet of the physical, emotional, psychological, and spiritual challenges of becoming Eric, and that sort of all encompassing you know to so many different you know parts of that experience. But I'm just curious, what do you think are the spiritual challenges? The spiritual challenges in there, I think are just implied in the play. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, it's, it's part of like spiritual about who I am, who I want to be, you know, is it worth living? Is it not worth living? You know, mm -hmm. is life worth living? Is life not worth living? We have a suicidal part in there. So part of, I, I put spiritual in there because I think there's the, the notion of spiritual comes into play when you ask yourself, is, is life worth living or not living? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the way I interpreted it anyway, in terms of a reference to spirituality. And what do you think are the realities when it comes to that? Is it worth living? Because that's a, that's a heavy statement. And that's something that I, I know that a lot of queer kids go through me as a gay kid, yeah. you know, and this is, it, 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 I, it's sad uh, to say that it's part of the coming out process yeah. sometimes is, am I supposed to be here? And that's, it sucks that that has to be a reality for kids these days. It's hard enough being a kid, let alone being a gay kid, let alone no, being a kid with gender I dysphoria. I think that I, I, I can't answer that question because I'm not really, um, I'm not in a position to, mm -hmm. I, I'm not, I don't have the expertise to be able to talk about sort of uh, suicidal feelings in various yeah, populations. Yeah. But all I can say is that in, in this, in this case, in, in my interviews, mm -hmm. um, I was, what was shared with me is those moments of, um, you know, is life worth living? You know, yeah. can, can I soldier on, you know, can I actually overcome what would appear to be insurmountable, you know, obstacles, psychological, emotional obstacles, for example. So, um, um, and in, in, in the case of the subject uh, upon which the story is based, uh, there were those moments as well. So that's, so I needed to bring that out yeah. as just at least not, not in the absolute sort of um, academic scientific sense, yeah, but yeah. at least reference it. And I appreciate that. And I think that, um, I think that it is a reality that a lot of people are facing. What I'm just curious, maybe what, if you could say, what are the ways that those people that you've spoken with, how have they overcome the obstacles? Maybe for, you know, a message to the <coughs> listeners yeah. How, how can someone, say they're facing this and it's new and it's scary and they're questioning the, should I be here? What, what are the ways that you've heard people have been able to overcome that part of their life? I think just, uh, first of all, uh, first and foremost, there's sort of, there are these sort of concentric circles. So immediate, the immediate circle is your, your family. Right. If your family, uh, has, you know, gotten behind it or, right. you know, as uh, embracing, you know, your, desire for for change um that's the first that's the first hurdle to overcome and then friends i think mm -hmm. is the next circle or the next hurdle is to say if for the most part your friends both i guess cis and queer you know yeah. uh, they're if they're accepting of you more or less then you know you start feeling you know that uh, you're, you're you belong and you're a part of that 
that group. Mm -hmm. And then as you go further out in the, in the circles, you know, you're talking about sort of work colleagues and yeah, just people in general. And if you start feeling as though people aren't looking at you mm -hmm. as though you're odd, you know, or you're different and yeah. uh, you're, you're not, you're not, you're, you're some, somebody to be avoided, for example, uh, then, then all of those taken into account, if you're starting to feel positive about each one of these, um, these kind of group experiences, I guess, immediate family, uh, you know, family and uh, friends and then the population at large, mm -hmm. I, I think you start feeling better and better about yourself. That's what I was more or less told. Right. And I think, and then, and then, then the other thing had to do with, um, an intimate relationship. Yeah. So you know, if what what if you have, if you're if you're going through transition and and then you uh, you have a whether it's after transition um, or during transition, you have a, an intimate partner that you know loves you unconditionally. Then that that kind of helps to trump all obstacles. Right. Yeah. That's fair. I guess that's uh, something that we all kind of strive for is having someone that is there no matter what. Yeah, and that does sort of support like okay, I'm I'm okay with this yeah. this way the way that I am. Yeah, that's really powerful. What are your greatest reflections during this whole process? I mean, I imagine that you've come a long way in just understanding and being able to appreciate someone's experience that's something completely different from what you've you know personally experienced. I I guess um, it sometimes it's hard to by uh, exactly, you know, how you have sort of changed internally. Mm -hmm. um, I, I've always been what I consider to be a, um, have a worldview of acceptance and understanding of differences of, mm -hmm. uh, in, in any, any place I've been in my life. And um, I've certainly been a, a friend of the LGBT community for my whole life. I mean, even when I was very young, mm -hmm. my mother and I went, you know, we marched in one of the very first bride parades. Wow. Um, so, uh, you know, I love knowing that. <laughs> the last two years I've been dry. I've been a driver in the last two pride parades. Um, so, so I, I guess, but I, I think tr transgender or transitioning is, is, um, is something unique and, un, un, you know, in and of itself. I mean, mm -hmm. it is, it is so profound that, um, I, um, I guess I just have deeper, I, I guess I've gotten to feel deeper and deeper about what it takes, what's going on with the person in the first instance to actually make these decisions. Mm -hmm. And, and secondly, you know, how how amazing is it that they could come out the other side and and be uh, sort of and feel okay about themselves and not everybody does I might add yeah I mean there's a pretty high suicide rate too you know as well so yeah it's extremely high so uh, but I guess you know it's just I have a deeper empathy and understanding I think of sort of what's going on before and after and that's all that we can really hope for is that more people get yeah. to this place of understanding yeah. And uh, I think that that's amazing. I'm very impressed to know that this is something that you're pioneering and starting, you know, maybe a conversation that's a little bit more real so that people can understand exactly what it's like. Well, I, if we can do that, then you will have succeeded. Right. That's great. That's a great goal. What do you think are the next steps when it comes to, you know, the future outside of just more education? Uh, what's the next steps for the queer community, the trans community that needs to take place? I mean, you've obviously seen some of the challenges that have come up through this whole process. Um, and, you know, we're getting more representation. Uh, but what are the next steps that need to take place? Well, I just recently, I think about in March, um, was at the 
very impressive transgender uh, conference in Victoria, do you think? So I was there and attended, I was there for three days and attended, you know, numerous workshops, mm-hmm. saw, saw numerous international speakers, you know, speak about sort of, well, because it was all to do with transgender. So, I mean, it, it wasn't like it was, it, it was, uh, there were a lot of academics, um, you know, speaking, I mean, university people, that type of thing. But I mean, and for the most part, the overarching theme was just, if you get more people to get involved and, you know, sort of collecting archive material, um, getting people to actually make more films, um, you know, make more plays, uh, basically bring it in, bring it in, you know, to the, the schools, uh, bring it into the libraries, bring work with the police, work with the health systems and so forth and so on. I mean, it isn't, it isn't profound. In, 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 its, in the methodology it's just that let's apply apply to all sorts of other health issues to transgender mm-hmm. you know and um, you know over time that's kind of what the theme was over time we're going to just see more, more and more understanding of you know sort of that population right so um, so from the society's point of view mm-hmm. um, it's I'll just put a plug in here it's a it's a uh, what we've offered to not only um, UVic, uh, this, the transgender department, because it has a, it's one of the most unique um, transgender departments in the world. Oh, wow. So um, then, and also to um, a UBC, a UBC as well, and, and maybe some others, is that I, I would love, a society would love to create a, um, an educational film. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd pay, we'd put $5,000 you know, um, down, uh, you know, but we would be, would be co-produced. We'd have to have, you know, credits obviously. Yeah. And, um, I myself would be willing to give $5,000 in, in kind, um, uh, work as well. Great. Know? So that's on the table that's from the our hope. society to yeah. do something like that. So I'd like to, whatever that theme direction is, is whether it's, you know, youth children or some other, or some facet of transgender, I'm not making that judgment, right. but I but I would I would like to us to make something that has utility and that, and can be used by the groups I just mentioned, yeah. such as yeah. schools, libraries, police, health systems, and yeah. Yeah. So as a way of our of us in our small way trying to you know push um, the educational message, excellent, you know, sort of into the broader community, right. So that's an invitation for collaboration yeah. from whoever. Somebody, you know, somebody else has to come up with some money too, right? Right, absolutely. Because probably these things are like fifty or 20000 maybe to make I'm sure. Or more, yeah, yeah depending and on... we can do it. We, can, we don't have to do it with bells and whistles, but we can do... But that's what our... So our society has said, and I've already gone on record to UBC and UVic you know, and, UVIC and, yeah, yeah. and whoever else and, uh, might be out there. It's, 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 in their, it's in our grand plan. So it's there. We already have the money in the bank. Uh, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So it's just, it's, it's there and it's in, it's in abeyance until somebody, an organization, you know, like a not-for-profit organization mm-hmm. comes, comes along and says, you know, we'd love to collaborate with you. Right, right on. What would your message be for, I mean, we've talked a little bit about this for what people go through and how to get over, overcome the struggles. <clears throat> but if you would have a message for trans people who are struggling with gender identity or gender dysphoria, what would that, what would that message be? You know, I'm really, Jeremy, I'm, I'm not in a position, I don't think, to, uh, to, to comment on that because I, I, I will come across as somebody that I'm really not. I'm not, a, I'm not an expert, in, expert and I'm not, a, I'm not a therapist, you know, or transgender therapist. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm none of those things whatsoever. So, I mean, I, I, all I can say is I hope people can, can find 
uh, hope and solace and, uh, and, and becoming more and more aware of what the possibilities are for, um, not only for psychological support, but also if they need, if there's transitioning issues and also financial issues too, because that's a big issue too. I know it's more so the states, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah, it's covered part top yeah. surgeries covered in Canada, yeah. right? Yeah. I mm-hmm. think, I, I think it is. I don't, I don't know that. I, sure. To my knowledge, it is. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. So there's some of these things that can be covered off better here than in the states because when I've read my own, all the literature that I referenced earlier on, there's all sorts of testimonials. It's all over the internet where, you know, there are young people, I mean, many young to middle-aged people who would like to transition. Mm. They have the money, don't have the money. Yeah. You know, so they're, so they're kind of, they're they're stuck on an island. Mm -hmm. You know, they know what they want to do, but they don't have the 40 grand. Wow. Or whatever it is, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. So, so that's, that's tragic, but I think we're not quite in that situation here. I don't know that for sure. Right. Uh, but I think we're a bit more, there's, there's more, there are more options to pursue here. And, uh, so I think if people are struggling that, that they owe to themselves to find out what all the possibilities are. Right. I think that's fair in all areas of yeah. your life, really. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's all. I appreciate that. And, um, maybe, maybe your message isn't so much for uh, those experiencing it, but what about for someone witnessing it? How do you, how do you encourage someone to be the supportive parent or a friend? Because maybe that's something closer to what you've experienced is learning how to. Well, you know, this is this business of business of acceptance, especially now when there's more, there's a lot more awareness and, um, and exposure of, Young people saying, you know, of coming, of sort of saying, you know, I'm not, I, I want, I, I'm not who I should be, yeah. you know, I'm not who I want to be. So uh, we're seeing more of these discussions around debates about let's not let's not be too hasty about making any kind of you know medical decisions or physical changes with kids that are too young. But in the same in the same breath, I think what I've read is that at the very least there needs to be um, some external, some probably some external help to sort of help parents understand what's going on so they don't sort of put their head in the sand, you know, and, yeah. and deny this, the, the issues that they're seeing in front of them, in, in, right in front of them in terms of saying, oh my, you know, I want to play with, uh, I like dresses and dolls, and I know I'm male, but I like dresses and dolls, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, those small, small indicators. Um, instead of saying, no, no, that's what, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. And it sounds cliche, but I still think that's happening. I'm pretty sure yeah. it is. But I think it's just, it's like, it's, it's just like, I don't know what else to say really about it is that you hope that more parents are saying in the pop- popular culture because they're online and everything else, you know, they're, they're seeing themselves as being uh, parents that need help. Right. To understand. So that's what you kind of hope. I mean, the kids aren't going to really, phone up and say my parent doesn't understand because they're only eight years older nine <laughs> years older this kind of stuff but yeah you just hope that uh, there's just a, a there's just this critical mass of information and awareness that's happening around us on the subject matter that parents who are sort of lagging behind will say jesus maybe we better go talk to somebody mm-hmm. that's about all i can say and maybe that is something that needs to be a little bit more prevalent is a supportive environment whether it's a, yeah. you know a support group Right. Or even just a specific counselor that's, that's right. geared towards, you know, helping the transitioning child's right. parents or yeah. family. Right. Yeah. I hadn't thought of that. Maybe there should be a little bit more of a process for that. Because I know that, you know, for example, downtown Vancouver, yeah. we have quite a few services geared towards the queer community. Yeah. We have Q community. Uh, we've got Health Initiative for Men and uh, a number of other resources. But I don't know if there's 
a lot geared specifically towards the family that it's, you know, they're, they're experiencing a lot of that same stuff from a different view. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, would you like to talk a little bit about the artwork that is uh, used for the play? It's a very provocative, um, piece of art. It's stunning. Oh, thank you. Well, hopefully, first of all, I hope everyone listening uh, will consider going to our show. Yes. Um, so that's really important. And of course, um, I'm sure Jeremy will give you all of the information where you can go and buy tickets. So with, with any, uh, with any kind of, uh, I guess, a play or a show or a movie, you, you, you want to, uh, you, you want to market it. You want to actually promote it, uh, with publicity. So, you know, perhaps this is, you want to brand it, as we say, present an image that just seems to be everywhere and people can see it and know it's synonymous with the show itself. Mm-hmm. So the, so the, the one we've gotten that was painted by this, colleague of yours, I mm-hmm. think. And yes. That's somebody yeah, you can, you can, you She's can fantastic. Speak, you can speak to that, her. And, uh, but in the, in the play, I, it's, it's, it's just, it, 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 everybody would be writing this, I think, but I, in the play, uh, there's a scene where they're, they're Erica and er, Eric is having a love affair with, with the mirror. Uh, you know, so that because all of a sudden it's like I, you know, I'm looking at myself. I, you know, see hair on my face. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I have my shirt off because, you know, I mean, obviously I'm helped out with tea. So my, I've gotten my chest, my nipples have been <clears> tattooed. So you don't, I know there's no, no, no sort of indication that this, this person's been a female. Right. I'm kind of buff. You know, this as, as well, um, I'm wearing a, fr- a zipper, which, you know, for obvious reasons, you know, and I'm wearing my Doc Martens to height, you know, give me height, all this type of thing. So all of that was written and, and the, uh, around really a mirror. And on, on stage, we're, we are going to have a mirror, but it's not going to be a mirror. It's going to be, it's going to look like a mirror, but the mirror won't be in it. And the dancer is going to be the image. I see. And uh, the person will be looking at it and the dancer will be making, will be moving at the same Posturing. Time. Yeah, yeah. That kind of stuff. So, um, so this image really is instead of using the mirror, Emer, the artist said, let's not, that's too cliche uh, for, a, for an image. Why don't we use a window? Hmm. So she came up with the window and you can, and it's pretty obvious that this, you know, this uh, female is looking into the window and seeing a male. And I mean, I, I and of course, I wanted the title not to be obscure, like something really, you know, odd that people didn't understand. Mm-hmm. That I just said, said, I'm going to say it like it is, like I'm not a girl. So, I mean, it's a simple, it's a, it's, it, it does, it's not, it's a non-confusing title. Yeah, that's good. That's very good. You know, and, and the image is a non-confusing image. Mm-hmm. So, so they go together. That's great. I, I like the, I like the image a lot because it is, again, it's looking into something like, I like, I like who I am or who I've become yeah, or yeah. I'm, I like who I'm becoming. Yes, exactly. And that's yeah. the whole point of it. It's like, I like who I'm becoming. Yeah. I, I actually got a little feeling when you were talking about that, when, when you look and you realize like, Oh, I like this person, you know, and you're imagining like something changes in your body and all of a sudden you realize you're at a place of I'm here now. Yes. This is amazing. You know, and coming forward in your life. That's, I think that a lot of people go through that, whether you're queer, trans, yeah. or, you know, if you're just, Growing up yes, or, exactly. or, or, or yeah, redefining yourself. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And I think that that's, that was, that's what makes this play really important, not just for the queer community, but it's, it's a message of, you know, we all go through stages in our that's lives right. where we redefine who we are. And for some people, it's just a little bit more extreme than others. 
Well, I hope you get everybody to come to this place. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm, uh, I'm really excited to see it myself and to uh, maybe bring as many people as I can. Yeah, thank and, you. And where again is the play? The play is going to be at the Cult. The Cult. So I mean, it's uh, if people are are non theater people. The Cult mm-hmm. is really uh, located um, on close to close to um, Hastings and Victoria. Right. It's le- literally on Venables, but you could just obviously look it up. And um, and that's again on June 21st to the 26th. The previewing is the 21st, and then it's 22nd to 26th of June, correct? Yeah, with the matinee on the 24th. Right. Actually, yeah, that's going to be... So uh, a lot of people may find that. They might want to go there. I, I mean, I certainly would recommend it for people who yeah. are trans themselves. They might they might find it very interesting. They get into the conversation. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, and I'm thinking I, I have to get permission from um, from the group mm-hmm. on next Saturday night when we go out for dinner. Uh, because I'd like to actually videotape it, yeah, uh, and be able to have it uh, accessible on my website, or to even add it as part of your educational video in the For future. For sure, so you could. Yeah. But it, you never know what it's going to look like, as you know, when you're doing podcasting, how it's going to sound, exactly, and, you know, what material material you can use. Yeah. But I, I thought if we could actually just video it, you know, it's an hour about, so if we could video it and decide, you know, what parts we might use and so forth and so on, it'd be quite yeah. interesting. So in any event, so people who come could be uh, even be part of that video. Right. That's awesome. That would be great. I bet people would be really excited to be part of that conversation. So, and if people can, if people are interested in contacting you, perhaps about the film in the future or about the, I'm, the play, I'm, I'm delighted to talk to anybody. Sure. Sure. And I'll, I'll post you your contact me. information yeah, sure. yeah. on the show notes. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like to leave the audience with? I mean, I'm, I'm, I really am hoping that all the audience is excited to come see this play and please reach out to me and we can go together. Uh, I'm really, really excited for this opportunity, but is there anything else you'd like to leave the audience with? No, I, I, I think I'm just, I'm really grateful to be able to, to have been given the story and, and I'm, I'm grateful. I'll be really grateful when I see it staged and, and I'll be absolutely, I'll be completely grateful when people say it was worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, I thank you for, um, for sharing the story with the people and for being open about your experience watching someone and contributing to um, an environment, a community where people can, um, you know, accept other people. Because that's, that's what it's about for me. That's what this podcast is yeah, about. Yeah. It's overcoming <clears throat> challenges. Right. It's, it's um, you know, being authentic with who you yeah. are. And my biggest message for my listeners is you're not alone. Because other people are going through what you're going through and yeah. you don't have to do this alone. And I think that your play is contributing to that message. So thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, again, thanks for joining us and on the Journey to Worthy podcast. Thanks again, Bill, for being here on the show. My pleasure. Excellent. And the rest of you have a great week. <laughs> <laughs>